You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. Today's podcast is part three of five. So that was July 28th, 1987 that that happened, right? 85. 85, 85, okay. So you had talked about, you know, you described it as living in sin with your girlfriend at the time. So did you get married? Did you have an Amish wedding after that then? We did. Okay. Okay, so you got saved and you you stayed Amish though. So you had this sort of new set of understandings about your relationship with Jesus, a new spirituality. But you were living within the sort of Amish structure still for a time after that. Actually, it was at that time when I got saved, I was not Amish. It was during that nine-month period that my girlfriend and I had left the Amish okay. and were living together, that this all took place. But then we went back to the Amish, Okay. got married. Okay. And so for you, with this new set of ideas about, you know, about salvation, how did it feel then to be back in the Amish world and going to Amish church services? I was just young enough in the faith that I really hadn't made any judgment yet as to where other Amish people stood. Okay. I knew where I stood. I knew what happened to me. And I remember one time a guy, he was an older Amishman, he came over to me. He goes, hey, Joe, I want to talk with you. He was in my dad's shop. He goes, hey, I heard something happened to you. But he said, just between you, me, and the fence post, was, was it really true? Was it real? <laughs> I think back now I have to laugh because, you know, he was curious, yeah. you know. Am I missing out on something? And I said, I will tell you this. It was real. I had an encounter with God. But that was about the extent. Okay. So largely it wasn't something that other people talked to you about. Correct. Okay. I, and I didn't really push it either. Okay. So then what made you decide to leave a couple years later then, you said it was 1987 when you left. Yeah, we had been married for a short time, almost a year, and my wife was probably the biggest pusher to leave. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to because I had really made up my mind to stay homage, but she would read the Bible, she would bring up these scriptures. You know, finally she convinced me, Joe, are you going to follow this religion and bring up your children and get them to follow this system of religion, man-made? Or are you going to live a life of liberty and freedom that Christ has saved us into? And every man and every woman wants that freedom and liberty to be who God created us to be, not be put in someone else's box that's dead and gone, you know. Was your wife saved around the same time as you then? Yeah. When I got saved, I went straight to my girlfriend and I said, wow, I don't know what happened, but I know a church you can go to. And I told her about this church that we're going to have been members of now for 30 years. Uh, We came to this church 
So you had you had started attending that church even before you went back for the final time? Once or twice. Okay, okay. So how did life change for you then when you left? We left with, I, I guess I should probably tell you that Amish people don't come of age until they're 21 years old. Right. Because I had left six times from the age of 17 or 16 on, and then eventually got married, my dad felt like I should have been working for him all those months, maybe even years, whatever it added up to. I should have been working for him and making him money. Right. And he came to me one day when I got married. He goes, you can get married, but I think God will bless you if you will continue to work for me for free. And so I did. All the times we were, all the, the, the year that we were married, I worked for my dad for free. Oh. There were a few times he gave me some spending money, but I was supposed to pay it back to him after my time was made up. So my wife and I lived along the highway with her parents, mm-hmm. and we would pick up night crawlers at night, and we would sell them by the dozen to people that were going to Lake Erie to fish. So when we left the Amish, we had about 500 bucks, 600 bucks in our pockets, mm-hmm. and no place to go really other than somebody had arranged this family, English family, was going to open up their home and let us move in. We had never met them before, but we moved into their attic. Okay. It was unbelievable. But, oh, they poured out their love on us and helped us to get our driver's license, get us jobs, and today they are our parents. Our kids know them as grandma and grandpa, and they are our family. So in those previous times when you had left, what kind of work were you doing when you were away from the Amish? I was a meat welder. My first job was meat welding, which was something that I kind of learned from my dad. Uh-huh. And then I got into machine work, you know, and was a tool and die maker for 15 years or so. So at this time then, did you start attending the, the Baptist church more regularly then? Yes, the family that we moved in with attended this Baptist church, and they were very involved. He was a Sunday school teacher. He was also a deacon, and they went to church Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening, and every every other in between. And so we always just went with them, and, okay. and we just became part of the family here. So how did you feel about that church? You know, having been very involved in the church and gotten to know the people, you know, there's been ups and downs. There's been times I wanted to leave. There's been times that things happen. But overall, it is where God has led us. We've raised over a family here. We've had the same pastor all these years. He's been my greatest mentor in life. We work together every single day in ministry now. Mm-hmm. Those early years, I was just like a sponge. I soaked it all in. There were a few things that I questioned uh, and still do, you know. There's things I struggle with that I still want to, I, I want it to be the way I grew up thinking it was supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know, the way the old culture taught. Mm-hmm. I wanted to raise my kids in in some of the conservative ways and mindset that I was taught. And, you know, and I realized that I'm not 
can you kind of provide me a little bit more specific example of something that you had wanted to have your children do or learn or be a part of that they don't have, that's sort of just not possible because of the way mainstream culture is? Yeah, you know, we grew up on the farm. We were out there getting dirty, stepping in nails. We were tough. We broke ponies and, you know, got thrown off. Thought we were going to die a couple times, but we always made it through. You know, here in this culture, it was more like there is no, no cow to milk. We don't have a farm. We don't have enough land to even buy a horse with. And so what did they do is they, they depend on video games. And I didn't want to raise my kids on video games, on TV. You know, I wanted them to learn how to work. I wanted them to learn how to to grow up and have their own business. That's where I came from. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just expected of you to grow up and figure out which business you're gonna own and run and operate. Mm -hmm. And I wanted them to do the same thing. And, and our kids have. They, they're both into their own businesses, doing very well, very motivated and moving ahead in life. I, I really can't complain. Mm -hmm. I still don't like, we can get together and talk about movie characters. I know a few, but I don't like talking about movie characters. To me, they're just, I don't know, I was telling somebody yesterday, broken homes, broken families, alcohol, drugs. To me, that's Hollywood. Mm -hmm. To the kids, though, they really hang on to that. They like to put posters on their walls and, uh, you know, Hollywood characters, and later this week we're going on vacation. Guess where we're going? Hollywood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm struggling. You know, mm -hmm. I want to go see the Redwoods, but I don't care about Hollywood. But right. that's the culture they grew up in. Mm -hmm. So you said that you had been working and tooling and, and machining for 15 years. So after that, did you start getting into the ministry? Yeah, I always had a burden for those that were leaving the Amish. Uh -huh. And over the years that I was a tool and die maker, we had probably a dozen of them that left and would live with us and we'd help them. And finally, in 1999, I really felt like God was calling me into ministry. And I remember sitting down with my pastor and just asking, what does it feel like when God calls you? How do you know it's God? And you know, it helped me see pretty clearly that this was God's plan. And on February 6, 2000, mm -hmm. I got up before my home church and poured my heart out. More and more Amish people were leaving. I knew the needs. I understood. I related with all of them. The emotional needs, the physical needs, the difficulty of transition family back home, and I just wanted to devote my time helping those people and those families. And I didn't know what would happen. Nobody had ever done this before, but uh, I look back now, I have no doubt in my mind it was God's plan. It was the right time. My home church got behind me, and today we are a $300,000 ministry, a 300000 a year ministry. So of individual stock, grant foundations, mm -hmm. churches, businesses get behind this ministry. So how do you go about ministering to the 
folks who have left. Some of the respondents I've talked talk to have said, it seems sort of word of mouth, right, that at least for the ones I've talked to said that they had, they met some other folks who, who told them about your ministry and they found help through them. Is that is that largely how it works? Yeah, a lot of it is word of mouth, mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. My cell phone number has been passed. A lot of the, the young Amish kids are getting cell phones. They're hiding them. And so my, my number gets passed around and I may get a text out of nowhere or a phone call from somebody that just needs some guidance. And I, I don't try to get them to leave the Amish. I'm there right where they're at on their level and help them for that moment. And if they choose to leave the Amish, we're there to help them. If they choose to stay Amish, we're there to help them too. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.